Hello and welcome to Fit After 40. Our guest today is Chef Jess Rice. She is a uh, chef and recipe developer. She finds joy and purpose in instructing aspiring chefs and home cooks alike. She was recently working as a chef professor at uh, the Niagara College in the Canadian wine country, teaching international students uh, all over, from all over the world, uh, food theory and classic culinary techniques before moving back to Nashville. Her diverse experience also includes working literally every uh, position in a restaurant, which a lot of restaurateurs uh, can relate to, as well as traveling all over the world as a private chef to celebrities and rock and roll legends. Uh, she's a successful restaurateur. She helped shape the local food scene in Nashville with the debut of her restaurant, Avo, with innovative and flavorful offerings. Her passion for culinary uh, excellence is evident in her diverse roles within the dynamic world of food, and she is excited to share her love of healthy food with our listeners. Jess, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. So now as a chef, you you uh, specialize in, uh, you know, vegan uh, dining, plant, uh, plant-based dishes. Uh, what made you want to go that route? So my path, to veganism um actually i used to work of like most people in nashville in the music business and i was you know out really super late always with a drink or two in my hands and i just really started to feel worn out exhausted my skin was bad i was puffy i just like wasn't doing great and i realized i was like i have to like majorly turn in and look at my life and what I'm doing every single day and decided first to kind of leave that lifestyle behind and start to explore uh, like healthier living. And that just naturally kind of led me to a vegan diet. Um, I had dabbled in vegetarianism all through high school and college and then um, just kind of went completely all in um, and did a year and a half of completely raw vegan. That sort of led me down the path of opening Avo, my restaurant, um, which is now under new ownership, but it's still kicking in Nashville. So everyone should go visit. But yeah, I've I've been vegan for 13 years now. That's wonderful. So yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the health benefits that, that uh, you've experienced yourself from changing your diet? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been a, a fairly healthy person. Um, I mean, a really healthy person aside from like drinking and being out super late when I was working in the music business. But um, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've really taught myself how to read every single label whenever I go into the grocery store to buy something, kind of uh, educated myself before going through formal training to sort of know what I was putting into my body. And just that skill alone, I think has just been majorly beneficial to me um but clearer skin less anxiety more control i think in a healthy way over what i'm putting in my body um just overall awareness um but yeah those are just like for me personally some of the major benefits that i've experienced we had a guest on a few months ago um named jeremy lister who's a uh, an endurance athlete and a vegan and um, one of the reasons he cited uh, for going to a, you know, strictly plant-based diet was that it reduced inflammation. Uh, do you share that experience or have you heard that from others? 
Um, I have heard that from others, actually, but my even my own family has had some health issues pop up. Like I was raised very meat and potatoes, mm -hmm. like wishbone dressing kind of a family, very blue collar. Um, and my parents, doctors now are just telling them, like, you need to listen to your daughter and you should try adopting more of a plant based lifestyle. Um, I do think that it ends up kind of rearing its head as we, you know, get older or, um, you know, just experience any kind of wear and tear on our bodies. I think it definitely helps. Um, but I know Jeremy, actually, I've cooked for him before and oh, wow. love his hot sauce. <laughs> uh, I am addicted to his hot sauce. I'm putting it on <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. In that same vein, when we're talking about uh, just kind of the benefits, you were talking about how you were you raised in a very meat and potatoes type processed food environment. A way I think veganism or veg plant-based diet can be approached by a lot of people is to, uh, it, or more approachable by a lot of people is to think just about eating more fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And I notice a lot of people, like even in my own family that have had those very processed diets, you know, as they see health concerns arise, their doctors are more and more uh, recommending this type of food. Do you see a lot of that kind of thing uh, within your own family or people in your family and friends kind of adopting it in ways to try to remove some of those more processed uh, things? Because I know a lot of your concern, it looks like from what we've, what I've read about you is, is about supporting local farming and, uh, and fresh fruits and vegetables over the types of things we might find in the grocery store that are, are processed highly and, and may have negative health effects. Yeah, for sure. Um, right off the bat, like I'll just mention that when we opened Avo, it's in a different pod in one city now in West Nashville. But in the original pod that we were in, we were kind of like the first people in that area. It was us in a CrossFit gym and we were right up against like the urology associates of business and then the, those hospitals right there. Um, we would have nurses and doctors coming in all the time for lunch on a regular basis. And we would have families coming in who had done their research and either had uh, family members going through, you know, a cancer diagnosis or navigating other really serious diagnosis. And um, they would come to us to bring them food back to the hospital because that kind of thing wasn't really readily available anywhere. And that was 100% the whole point of um, the restaurant. So for sure, being able to see that kind of from a, a neighborhood and like restaurant perspective, like as a restaurant owner, um, and then, yeah, I mean, as someone who has, you know, family who, you know, has health issues that pop up here and there, but also myself, I'm 37, I'm pushing 40. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had a child now. I am very uh, much so, I guess, into extreme sports of a kind. I mean, I horseback ride. I used to ride a motorcycle. I've been in a motorcycle accident and, you know, just those kinds of things and how your body, uh, as you get older, like those old stupid things you did in your twenties kind of like creep in. Um, and really one of the ways that I do manage that without, you know, being in, in total pain and agony is through, my diet and my lifestyle and all of that. So um, for sure, I think that that's majorly important. And I do see um, doctors and, you know, uh, body workers and people like that, uh, like actually telling you like the first thing that you can do, the one thing that you can control every single day is what you eat. 
because you know that's the first thing you do every single day basically to take care of yourself and i think it's really clear that you know regardless of your individual dietary needs most americans uh need to eat uh more vegetables and are probably eating too much meat if if even if they're not going to eliminate it entirely um but if you do choose to pursue a plant-based diet it's not just cutting out meat. Um, what advice would you give to, to someone, particularly, you know, an endurance athlete who did want to reduce or eliminate meat from their diet to make sure they're still getting their macros? Um, what, what are some good, you know, plant-based sources of a lot of these uh, nutrients? Yeah. And I actually, I meant to sort of touch on the comment about me supporting local farmers as well, um, sure. or learning how to like grow your own food too. Um, that was another thing growing up. Like I did grow up with a meat and potatoes kind of like, you know, processed foods being a part of the grocery bill every week. Um, but my family were huge gardeners. Um, my grandparents were, you know, like depression babies, like a lot of our grandparents were. And uh, they taught us how to forage certain, um, you know, certain vegetation from our backyard, as well as how to grow just something as simple as a tomato and how that can not only become such a healthy habit for you to do in your own life, but, um, you know, I feel like that needs to be taught in schools. That's a totally different podcast, but um, that's just something that I think is really so important for people to know is how to feed themselves. But um, circling back to athletes, you know, like if you're just going to all of a sudden cut out dairy and cut out uh, red meat or fish or any of that, um, first of all, it's just knowing what you're reading on your ingredient labels. I think that that's almost more important than going uh, all in 100% all at once. Um, just knowing what certain things are, um, you know, as time goes on, you're going to think maybe, oh, I've been vegan for X amount of time. And then, you know, I mean, most people know, but you're going to learn like, oh, like most gelatin is animal based gelatin, you know, like little things like that. So I just think like reading your ingredient labels and fully understanding it and not being shy about Googling something if you don't know what it is, um, is such a huge like perk that we have in this day and age to be trying to be plant-based or live healthy. Um, we have that little computer right at our fingertips everywhere that we go. And you can always Google something if you don't know. However, on that same note, if there is an ingredient in a label that you're reading and you don't know what it is, like maybe steer clear of it. Like maybe look for processed foods that have noticeable ingredients. Like you know what it is and you don't have to like Google how to sound it out. But yeah, I feel like as far as getting your macros in, your carbs, your proteins, your healthy fats. I mean, I literally, when I ran in the door, cause I was running late, I just grabbed an avocado and mm -hmm. ate an avocado for lunch. You know what I mean? So right there, it's like, you can't get more fast food than that. You know, like I just cut it in half, took the pit out and got a spoon and there you go. So I think it's really sort of like rewiring our brains to be like, okay, like this doesn't have to look like the typical, you know, uh, American food pyramid, or you have to have like bread and you are a starch and you have to have this, you have to have this. Like, I think you can, can really simplify it and just go to taking notes and kind of working on like what, what you can substitute for other things. So really high protein sources in a vegan diet. Of course, there's tofu, 
there's tempeh, there's seitan, there's, you know, everything that you look in now, like even non-vegan protein supplements typically have pea protein, things like that. Um, lentils, beans, like there's so many of those things that if you can fill up your plate with that, um, you're going to collectively replace these macros that your body is using throughout the day. You don't have to do it all in one shot, like a steak, you know? I tell people a lot of the time, if you're going to sit down and have a steak and potatoes and broccoli and have uh, a couple appetizers beforehand, like you've really overshot your needs for protein for the day and for other macros that our bodies need. So if you can just focus on having like a healthy plan for the day, you're going to fully replace what you need as far as macros go on a vegan diet gradually. You don't have to do it all in one sitting. I like what you said about the avocado and grabbing the avocado there too. And it, it, it cause what I always think about with, with that is how easy are it is to go grab a bag of chips or something like that, or something that's kind of just not very good for you, but in your mind, you think it's so easy, but it's also easy to eat healthy foods. Like you can grab an apple just as easily as you can grab a cookie, but in your mind, sometimes in my brain, it seems like it's so much easier to grab that highly processed bad refined sugar food when I could grab an apple or I could grab an avocado. So that's a great example of how easy it actually is to be a vegan or to eat healthily. We just have this like mindset. It seems like a lot of times that it's, it's so hard and this like thing in a plastic bag is so much easier. So let's do this thing in a plastic bag over that. And I, I really like that example you gave there. Yeah. And you know, too, I feel for people who don't, who are just starting out or um, kind of don't know what to do because they're so used to like a sandwich and chips and a pickle or whatever being their lunch. I really, it is a collective thing. And I really hate when I see people beating themselves up or really adhering to something so strongly that it like negatively affects their day. Like for me, I think to be gentle with ourselves and to learn and like really be a student of what you're putting in your body, um, little by little over time is going to set you up for more success. Like I love learning about all the ingredients and I love teaching families how to meal prep and things like that. Um, but I think that just realizing these things don't have to take a ton of time. Like I, I just was interviewed for a recipe development um, job that I'm like totally in love with. And when they were asking me like, what are your go-to super quick meals that you cook when you literally have no other ideas, you're frazzled and you're stressed out and they're all vegan, but I always go for like a lentil dish. Um, lentils take such a short amount of cooking time and they're so adaptable. You can add so many different kinds of vegetables, flavorings, vinegars, whatever you want to kind of really jazz them up. Um, a meat sauce, like a bolognese, but using like lentils or using one of those plant-based kind of protein replacers that I mentioned before, like putting beans in there or putting uh, like seitan or tempeh crumbled up, whatever you want to do. Um, and then the other ones are just like Mexican night, like everybody loves Mexican food and you can just, you know, make a quick kind of like ground beef so easy now because we have so many convenience products available to us that are, are vegan now. Um, or a salad, like my mom, like if you, 
if you ever go to Avo or um, have seen any of my photos from back when we first opened, our salads were huge. And that is 100% inspired by my mom. Like at the same time that we were doing like a wishbone marinated chicken breast, like <laughs> some nights it would just be like, it's fun for yourself night. My mom would always have this like giant bowl of salad and all these awesome pickled vegetables and whatever we could have from the fridge. So when I was kind of setting up the menu for Avo, I was like, that's my food. Like that's the fastest food for me is to just chop up a bunch of raw vegetables, throw it in a bowl and that's it, you know? So I really like to help people figure out that and like navigate that path. Like it doesn't have to be a Thanksgiving meal every single dinner. Um, but yeah, I think that like, that's one of the things that holds people back is sort of that like, oh gosh, I only know how to do this with ground beef. And, you know, like so they just like abandon all these really awesome recipes that they have from their childhood or just from their everyday practice that has ground beef. Like you can easily substitute one or two ingredients for what you used to do and have like a killer recipe, like something better than maybe even I have, if it's your like family's tomato sauce and you can like veganize it in your own way. That's, that's awesome. And I just think people should feel empowered to like try substituting one or two ingredients from something that they already do. You don't have to go like cold Turkey and follow some random blogs recipe. Just go with what you already know. We use a lot of tofu at our house and we always have for years and years and years And my daughter 16 years old is a master of like preparing tofu in every possible way. So you talk about like the Mexican night, we do taco Tuesday every Tuesday, pretty much. And, you know, mm -hmm. we do our ground beef with frozen pressed tofu and a cheese grater. You grate that then you put the seasoning on it and you, it makes a great ground beef uh, substitute. There's so many things you can do with tofu. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of these these meat substitutes and maybe some of the things you do with them, uh, like seitan and uh, and tofu and, and those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, I love like I'm an extra firm tofu person because I'll tell you, like growing up, like my I don't even know if my parents have eaten tofu. Like I've been vegan for years and my parents are just like, nah, no, nah, we don't do that. Um, you know, so it's like it is an alienating ingredient for people. I think that like if you can go back to even like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and if you went to a grocery store, like a health food store, if you were lucky enough to live near a health food store, it was still this like giant vat. And it was like you'd reach in with tongs and right. pull out this like jiggly square of tofu like no that is not appetizing like we take for granted so much now that we live like you can literally go to the grocery store and some people don't even know that they grabbed veggie burgers because it looks just like the burgers you know like it's amazing and I I love um food science and all of that I just like I try to keep my personal diet uh like as clean as possible and again like going back to the ingredients like if I can't pronounce it or I don't know what it is and it's not a quick google like I'm not gonna go do like chemistry to figure out what I'm mm -hmm. eating so I try to keep it pretty pretty basic and recognizable but like all of that being said like you can go get vegan chicken tenders now <laughs> Like, that's awesome. And I just think that's so cool. Um, so for anyone who's like tiptoeing into it, like, there's no shame, like you can start there. Like if you go and get 
beyond meat or impossible meat or all these crazy companies guardian or whatever however you pronounce it like if you love chicken sandwiches and you know you always get it this one way from like wendy's or whatever or kfc like go make it like just go grab the easy substitute go home and make it vegan for yourself. And then if you like that, it might give you a little bit more confidence to try something else. Like I always am more for progress and less about perfection. Like just try the easy swaps and it'll help you be more aware of like the ingredients in your food. But yeah, we are in like a really amazing time where people are making like crazy meat out of mushrooms and, you know, cheeses out of nuts. And um, it's just, it's awesome. It's a good time to to try this diet. Yeah, we've got a freezer full of uh, tomato sauce that uh, from tomatoes we grew in our garden and having a lot of fun playing with that uh, throughout the year. We grew about uh, 10 times as many tomatoes as we'd anticipated. <laughs> so made a big vat of sauce. Um, one thing I have heard from, from some athletes uh, is that they're afraid if they cut meat, they're going to have a, a lower energy level. Are there foods that we should focus on to avoid this? Or do you think that's just a total misconception out of the gate? I think it's a total misconception. The other thing that's great about, especially like a clean, uh, like low processed vegan diet is that you can eat more. Um, mm. You know, like because you know, for instance, like if you think about the amount of protein per ounce in broccoli versus steak, um, you know, you can actually get more protein from a head of broccoli than you can from that same, you know, like weight in uh, animal based proteins, you just have to eat more of it. Um, so for throughout the course of your day, you're going to have to eat a lot more broccoli to get to what you would if you're eating like a three ounce steak or a four ounce steak or whatever, but you're also getting all those other nutrients and vitamins and minerals that you wouldn't be getting if you just ate a steak. Um, so for someone who's afraid of being hungry or afraid of not having energy, it actually takes your body less time to digest pure plant-based foods than it does to really work on a steak. I forget what the hours are and I don't want to say it because I, I would hate to misquote, but it's, you know, like 20 plus hours to, to digest steak. Whereas, you know, you're going to go through that broccoli or those lentils or whatever in probably half that time. So your body actually has more energy available to it to, um, you know, uh, do other things, but fruit. Uh, there's all kinds of sugars and things that are just naturally present in different ingredients in vegan food um, or just in the raw ingredients themselves. Like I have friends who are marathoners that are doing these epic uh, runs through the desert and things like that. And they have dates, like they just have a fanny pack of like medjool dates. And when they need mm -hmm. a little boost for energy, they just pop a date and it gets them that sugar kick, but also kind of you know, that fiber that they need. So it's not, um, you know, burned so fast. It's not like eating like a gummy bear that is, right. you know, maybe your body doesn't know quite what to do with it. My, my anecdote for that is uh, one time I'd gotten done running a 50 K and it was a couple of guys that I had totally smoked in this race that had just come in and they were having a chat about how a vegetarian could never have run it as fast as they did. And I was just like, here I am. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I've, I have some friends that are pretty incredible athletes who are vegan, um, or, or friends who are athletes that are kind of plateauing and looking to sort of either cut weight faster or build muscle faster or whatever their goals are. And a lot of them are considering plant-based diets. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm not a fitness instructor. I'm not a coach. Um, but like, I can help you for sure. Like if you're looking for, you know, easy ways, approachable ways to try vegan food, I'm your girl, you know? And when I was teaching at the culinary school, I would have kids all the time coming up to me and other courses saying, Hey, I need to do a vegan option for this. Could you give me some ideas? And like, that's my favorite thing to do is for them to bring a recipe that's tried and true that they already know is fantastic. And then for me to kind of help them solve those issues, like, especially doing raw vegan food. So when I opened Avo, I was like, okay, I need to, like I, before I opened Avo, actually, I was wholesaling raw vegan food to the wild cow, which is, you know, rest in peace. It's not there anymore, but um, a great so vegan restaurant. I know it just closed. I'm so sad, but um, yeah, like I was wholesaling raw food to them, uh, eighth and roast, urban juicer, like all these kind of cool, um, like independently locally owned businesses. And I was like, gosh, I really want to do like a vegan or a raw vegan pizza. I was basically just thinking of all the food that I had to give up that I loved and I missed and um, came up with like raw. So can't be cooked past 118 degrees Fahrenheit and also um, vegan. So I was like, okay, what can I do to kind of mimic sausage or pepperoni or meat sauce kind of a thing and i was using walnuts and you know tomatoes mm. or sun-dried tomatoes things like that doing a lot of dehydrating and marinating and fermenting um but yeah i mean that was like extreme now we don't even have to work that hard if you're just trying to do like a healthy like a healthful plant-based diet um or vegan there's so many great convenience products to help you but i recommend to people who are have fitness goals and are training like like i tell people with their doctors like you are the first line of defense or offense whichever your goals are in figuring out what you need to do like there are so many apps now um like you can do my fitness pal or like calorie trackers and macro trackers and all this kind of stuff and actually have it all planned out for you and showing you based on what you're eating what you're lacking for your goals I mean, what a weird world to live in. I love it. So when it comes to, uh, to you know, creating these recipes and, and sort of hitting those things that people are looking for, you know, one of the big flavors that, that people enjoy that, that meat is the ready go-to is, is that kind of umami. What, what do you put into a dish to, to, uh, to, to satisfy that? There are ingredients like whole plant based food ingredients that naturally have the properties of umami, that kind of meaty, rich kind of texture and flavor. You can use sun-dried tomatoes, which I just mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, mushrooms of all kinds. Like I'm a mushroom nut. Like I love them. I'm just obsessed. Uh, different kinds of nuts. You can actually use MSG. Like you can buy mm -hmm. MSG as a powder. Um, and it's insane, like the politics and everything, how it seeps into our food culture, but um, you can use MSG in food. It's not going to, you know, give you cancer or a third eye or anything like that. Um, but there are lots of things that you can do without 
doing any kind of additives to it. Um, eggplant is another one. Um, but I typically kind of go for mushrooms and tomatoes, sun-dried tomatoes. Those are kind of two of my favorites. What other ingredients do you like to work with? What are my favorite ingredients to work with? I really do love, like I said, like salads, like giant salads are kind of my jam. Um, I like to work with ingredients that are in season, like especially living in Nashville, we're so lucky that we have in every single part of the city and sometimes multiple in the same part of the city, there are farmer's markets. Um, I always tell people to make sure that they're going to a grower's market. So you're not just getting someone who's like reselling food from like a Kroger or whatever, but um, yeah, I always kind of seek those ingredients out. And what I love more than just hitting the farmer's market is signing up for a CSA program. So CSA is community shared agriculture. And I will get like a quarter bushel or a half bushel or whatever each week, go pick it up at these farmer's markets. And there's always something in there that I've never seen before. Um, like that's the first time I ever tried kohlrabi. If you've never had that, it's like one of my favorite things now. Um, that's the first time... I had sunchokes. Um, so there's always something kind of weird in there because I think farmers get bored too. And they're like, let's see if we can grow whatever. And they just, you know, um, throw it in the CSA boxes. It's a great way to get to know a new ingredient. And again, don't ever be shy about having to Google something or not knowing something. Um, we're so lucky that we have all these kind of recipe blogs and, you know, um, these resources available to us to help us to kind of figure out those weird ingredients. Um, I did do a talk once at a preschool and I had brought with me this like box of vegetables and half these kids didn't even know when I held up an avocado, like what it was. Like I'm sure they'd had guacamole before or seen a halved avocado and been like, Oh, it's an avocado. But when they just see this kind of black potato looking thing, they were like, what is that? Um, and I had to, you know, cut it and be like, this is an avocado um, or even potatoes, like different potatoes. They were like, I have no idea what that is because they see potatoes as French fries, you know? So like us, if you're going back to revisit your inner child and to kind of like embrace and, and get back into that playful mindset, like ask questions, Google image search, do all that stuff and kind of um, allow yourself to kind of be a bit of a ding dong and no, not know what to do right away. Um, I do that every day. Like that's one of the reasons why I love my job so much. Like I'll seek out the weirdest foods and see what I can do with it. But as far as special ingredients or ingredients that I really love too, I have to say, um, you know, nuts are just so versatile and you can do so much with them. You can make them savory. You can make them sweet. You can turn them into cheese. You can do so many things. So um, if you're kind of budgeting your pantry, um, I always tell people nuts are always like on the more expensive side, but it is worth um, investing. You know, once you know what you like, um, you know, maybe hit nuts.com or one of those kind of big, uh, or even like Amazon, you can buy, you know, bags, like huge bags of nuts now, but you can buy that stuff in bulk or you can just try it Every time you go to the grocery store, try a different kind of nut you've never had before and see what you can do with it if you have that kind of expendable income. And nuts are so great because that's usually what I've, over the past few years, replaced basically all the snack foods with. I just keep big bags of nuts around. So like, you know, when you'd be tempted to go grab a bag of potato chips or Doritos or something like that, Chris there, you know, 
go grab a handful of walnuts, you know, instead. And it, it's, it's a great way to like mindlessly eat something. So. Yeah. And if you think too, of like the fast food kind of like chips and whatnot that like are, we've kind of suckered so many people into becoming really addicted to, or we, you know, like, you know, big right. corporations yeah. have suckered them into um, being addicted to a lot of it's brightly colored. It smells really good, um, flashy packaging. But if you go and you put, you know, cut up mango and a beautiful avocado and cut up strawberries and raspberries and whatever in front of little kids, like they almost always go for that fruit versus like a kind of like bland brown looking chip right um as long as they don't know what it is i'm sure if they've had one they're like oh my god potato chips but um yeah i think like if you think just intuitively like fruit is meant to be consumed it's so bright and so beautiful and juicy looking like you kind of know what you're gonna get almost before you eat it but yeah i think it's it's fun to kind of think of food in a playful way and less of like a life or death or a self-loathing kind of a way. And I personally, like I'm lucky that I've never struggled with weight issues or anything like that. Um, but I also like, listen, like I don't turn myself down. Like if I want Thin Mints, let's Girl Scout cookie season here. Like I'm going to have some Thin Mints, but I allow myself to have that. Um, so I don't think about it so much. Like I don't obsess over it. Like I used to say when I was like, I am raw vegan now, and this is all that I eat. And I'm not having this because it wasn't cooked to a certain temperature. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like out to eat with all my friends. And all I can have is the side salad, you know, like what a bummer. And I can't even have the dressing. I'm having lemon juice, you know? So I sort of loosened up um, my own kind of way of thinking about food and being less restrictive but like still honoring kind of like my number one rule, which is like, know the ingredients. Um, and that way it's a little bit more forgiving. It's a little bit more inviting. And I think that if we tell ourselves we can't have something, um, there's like this element of shame there that I just am not down with anymore. Kind of to rewind a little bit though. You talked about when you're out with friends and being on a purely plant-based diet how do you deal with that in a lot of situations? You know, like just this last weekend, I was out running with a couple of friends and we're in kind of rural Tennessee. And so the dining options automatically go back to, well, what can Tony eat? You know, so I'm like automatically become the, the center of attention as to where we can possibly go out to find food that I can eat because they can eat anything and I can't eat anything because uh, I'm not eating dairy. Uh, so, so how, how do you deal with that, I guess, in social situations and, and so on? And how do you recommend people deal with those sorts of restrictions if you are restricting yourself to just eating plant-based foods? That is a great question. And so much of my work, um, like not even just day-to-day -day living, like so much of my professional work sort of revolves around that as well. So as a private chef, I sometimes will find myself in like the middle of Oklahoma and I'm with a musician or an artist or an actress who's like specifically avoiding whole foods because they don't want to get mobbed or have their tour bus parked outside or whatever. Um, so I kind of have to get creative and plan ahead. So my advice is either plan ahead and say like, 
okay, if we are hungry, like what are the things around here that I could have and I can make some suggestions. Um, pack yourself your own snacks or just be ready to be a little bit more lenient. You know, like I live in rural, like uh, I'm like 35 minutes from Nashville and there is little to do here as far as food goes. I think we have like one Japanese restaurant, which I'm very grateful for. They have lots of plant-based options. And then there's like the pizza place, which I literally can't eat anything there um, except for the side salads with like no cheese or like dressing or whatever on top of it. Um, and then, I mean, my grocery store, the closest grocery store to me is a Walmart, you know? So like, it is probably pretty similar to what a lot of Americans have as far as those options go. But if I'm on the road um, and I know we're stopping and we get to get out and stretch our legs or whatever, if I'm on a bus, like I'll go into a Target, Super Target or Super Walmart and I go grab like that little tub of mixed greens and some cherry tomatoes and like I have lunch. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't always have to be super fancy for me personally. Um but I do a lot of planning ahead. So when I'm advancing a tour um, and I know that I have a client who has very specific dietary restrictions, either for medical reasons or just for like lifestyle choices. Like I had one client who was doing completely keto, but they're also vegetarian. So if you know anything about those two diets, that's actually like takes quite a bit of like home cooking to pull that off. Um, yeah, I had to really plan ahead. And I was literally calling ahead to where we would be like that venue, talking to the venue manager and being like, is there a farmer's market nearby? What's the closest organic grocery store? Like I was doing all of that research on the front end of touring. Like that's how I advanced every tour that we went on. But a lot of planning ahead, you know, and if I know that we're going through kind of a food desert or if you're on a road trip, so you're doing that all American coast to coast road trip with your friends, like you have to just plan for that. You've got to do the research if you don't want to fail. Um, we are luckier that like a lot of chains do have vegan options or at least vegetarian options now. But it's also like, do you want to be stuck in a car after having like the KFC vegan chicken? Like, I don't know. Maybe you don't. So you know, it takes, it takes a little bit of uh, extra effort sometimes, but not as much now, even as it did like 10 years ago. It's funny. I've actually done the vegan or vegetarian keto before. And I was running an ultra marathon while doing that. And I was like, everybody's like slamming their gels. And I have like these little packs of olives I'm taking out, you know, for nutrition during the race. <laughs> that's, yep. that's a very challenging way to go. <laughs> yeah, I did that for these clients for three different tours. So it was like over the course of a couple years, like they kind of just like would cycle through like a keto diet a few times, you know, to just like kind of restart their metabolism. And it's also really good for, you know, brain health and all that sort of like those extra perks of that diet. And um, yeah, I learned lots of tricks, like making all my own tortillas and all my own breads and everything, desserts, all that from scratch. And now you go into like a super Walmart and you're like, oh my gosh, they have like keto peanut butter cups, like in a bag just there, you know, like, it's like, I was making all that from scratch. <laughs> but um, yeah, like we are, it is lucky that we have so much at our fingertips, but like, again, like, I think food should be enjoyed. I think that it's really important that our relationship with food be one that is exciting and fun and positive. And so I always tell people strive for progress, not perfection. And, you know, forgive yourself 
yourself if you mess up or you don't know what something is. Um, because then you're really like, I don't think we need diets. I think that we need long-term permanent changes to our food, the systems in place, uh, you know, like we, it shouldn't be a diet. It should be something that you adopt as part of your everyday life, honestly, for long-term health. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go vegan for three months and expect it to have all of those um, or raw vegan for a month and expect it to like cure your cancer. You know, like if you go back and eat hot dogs six months later, like, I don't know what to tell you, but it's one of those things that you have control over. You can make it fun and playful. And if you can do it long-term and be, make it sustainable for you, then that means more than, than perfection. I think that that's actually, that's great. And, you know, kind of going off of a little bit of what you talked about here too. Uh, and I think it was a little bit earlier, you were talking about just the ways you can get complete proteins and stuff. And, uh, and I, you'd offered as a quote from PETA on, on protein. And I thought it was really good. And my, the first thought that came to me from that was how this kind of anti plant-based diet Psych psychology is is ingrained so deeply in our society to the point where it's even ingrained, I think, in medical professionals to some degree. Uh, and, I, and I think about my daughter, who's her entire life been vegetarian. Her doctors, every single, I know you have a, you have a daughter too, I believe. And, mm -hmm. and uh, every single doctor's appointment since she's pediatrician appointment, since she's been little, they want a blood test to test her iron and all this stuff. And there's almost been a negative, like even from doctors, like, why would you raise your daughter that way? You know, and and this idea. So, so what are your thoughts on, on that? This fact that it's just like, seems like people just have such a hard time with this idea that if you don't eat meat, there's something wrong with you and you're just doing everything absolutely wrong. And, and you're going to turn out with all these awful outcomes. I mean, I think that one of the reasons why I've been lucky I feel like I'm pretty approachable as far as like people asking about that kind of stuff, because I'm like the first person to make fun of myself or the first person, which is not what I'm recommending, but <laughs> one of the first people to be like, I don't know, or just like to kind of play a little bit. Like I'm a pretty like smart assy playful person. So like if someone doesn't like what I'm doing, it doesn't bother me that much. I know that not everybody has that thick of skin, but even like when I opened my restaurant like I was so crippled with fear in like a competitive city like Nashville with so many amazing way better than me chefs that like I would just immediately have to close the doors and tuck my tail and like like run away and hide and that just wasn't the case and I think the marketing being kind of playful and being like an open door policy for people to come in and just try something and if they didn't like it that's okay um and to kind of offer it up almost as like a like a classroom like you can come in and ask us and I had like the most amazing rock star staff who like some of them were some of them came to me to work for me because they were already interested in veganism or raw vegan food specifically. And then I had other people who were just kick-ass chefs who were like, oh, I don't know anything about this style of cooking. So I want to work there so I can learn about it. And then just like kind of have that tool in my toolkit. Um, and some of those people ended up transitioning and they're still to this day, like cooking vegan vegetarian food. Um, one of them actually went on and was cooking for the Tennessee Titans um, and kind of learned what she learned uh, 
about vegan cooking, like starting, starting with us at Avo. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just don't really, if people think it's the wrong move for them, like I'll crack a joke right along with them and then I'll take a bite of my veggie burger and just like keep on keeping on, you know, like it just, it doesn't bother me and I don't feel the need to force it on people. Um, as far as like kids go or the health of my own, like if they want to test my daughter for anything, I'm like, please do. Oh my God. I need to know everything about her guts. Like just do it. Is she broken? What did like, you know, like I, I'd rather know. And like, I don't discount the miracles of modern medicine. And like, I would love to have my blood taken all the time and to know where I'm deficient. Cause I'm a nerd. And like, then I'll find the food that I know is bountiful in that nutrient or whatever I'm lacking. And like, I'll eat it. Like, I guess yeah. I kind of come to everything like that. Like I want the proof, I want the information. And then I'm like, I'm down to do whatever it is, you know? That's good. It, I, I would also say to just as disclaimer, I've never met you until this podcast, but you, you just kind of spoke ill of, of yourself going into AVO and I've eaten at AVO back, I believe when you still were there and, and, and recently and, and uh, d don't put yourself down. That is some of the best food in Nashville, hands down. <laughs> So. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. And um, it was such a crazy learning experience. Like, yeah, that was really the start of me working every single position in a kitchen or in a restaurant. Um, and then I've just, the whole process of learning everything from start to finish is still with me. Like, I just love the hospitality world and that kind of culture and the competitiveness. And like, I just really enjoy it and um, have made like major concessions in my life to remain a part of it, you know, like turned down jobs left and right. Um, just because I was like, I'm going to get sick of this office job. I really need to do food. Um, so just always kind of keeping a toe in the water there, but yeah, I mean, I can't expect everybody to like, once they go vegan to turn into like, Oh, I should go to culinary school and learn how to do this for real. Like I did. Um, but it is something that is nice and relaxing. And, you know, if you do learn just the basic knife skills, things like that, that can be a nice way for people to unwind at the end of a day and just kind of zone out, you know, like learn how to do that sort of thing or meal prep on Sundays. You know, I know people who love it and it's like a family tradition. Um, but it is really restructuring our brains and retraining ourselves to love that. Just like people who like look forward to going for a run, um, like, I'm sure they didn't always feel that way, <laughs> like when they couldn't do it, you know, um, you really do have to drag yourself out of the house some days. But then once you start to see the results and you start to feel better and you see the difference, you're like, oh, man, I ran three miles and it felt like nothing. So I kept going. And then you're like excited for the next run because you're like, oh, I don't know what I can do today. Like, it sort of is the same restructuring or rewiring your brain for food. Um you know, like, oh, I really made like a good pizza. Can I make a really good like vegan calzone? I'm going to try that next. You know, like you've learned this stepping stone. Can you make this next stepping stone happen? That's awesome. One of the ingredients you mentioned a couple of times I wanted to ask you about are, are mushrooms. Um, right now, uh, our local farmer's market here in Pennsylvania has uh, one of the few things that's still available that's local and fresh are uh, a big variety of mushrooms. What are some of your favorites to work with? I have a very personal, deep connection to morels. Um, 
which are very expensive. So if people are reading that or like listening to this and trying to like get some budget friendly ideas, probably not the one unless you're a dork and you go out and you forage for them, which of course is like also no small feat, but that's my personal connection to them. Um, my friends in Nashville uh, took me to their parents' house in Southern Illinois and we um, foraged for morels over the course of a whole weekend and turned it into this like amazing experience. Uh, we're like, high and have beers and are out in the woods looking for mushrooms it was like the hippiest thing i'd ever done i was like sounds oh awesome God. i know it was the best um but that was really fun and so i really do always like when i see them have like this kind of fond connection towards them um but my favorite ones to work with i know it's like a trendy mushroom right now but like i'm so into lion's mane mushrooms like mm -hmm. we're definitely in a committed relationship for sure uh but I was doing lion's mane steaks um, a lot on the last tour that I went on. And that was like a huge hit. Um, but yeah, I actually would love to share my lion's mane steak recipe with you guys and you could post it or whatever. Um, but that's like a really fun one. And if you don't have like access to some of these wacky mushrooms like morels or lion's mane or whatever, like portobello mushrooms, like totally great meat substitute. Um, but yeah, if you can find them from a farmer's market or someone who grows them and knows exactly what they are um, selling you, then that's amazing. Um, of course, everybody loves chanterelles and, you know, mm -hmm. the big puff, giant puffball mushrooms. There's so many cool ones. Um, but I will say so if you're going to forage for mushrooms, for sure, bring an expert with you because there's so many mushrooms that like you, you right. touch them and then touch your eye and you're like dead. Um, right. But yeah, so I mean, but that is something that like I would love to explore as much as possible. Like I'm really, I love mushrooms. They're just such a weird, weird ingredient. And you can find the lion's mane in Middle Tennessee as well. You can forage for those here. They actually do grow here. It's very rare to find them. I and mean, one of our favorites are sulfur shelves, also known as chicken of the woods. Have you experimented yep. with that any? That's fantastic. Yes. Those are so good. Yes. And we will post uh, some of these recipes to the blog at uh, fitafter40.net. Yeah, another favorite food that a lot of people, um, that there's fabulous plant replacements for are, are cheeses. And there's some been some great success with, with plant-based cheeses, cashew-based cheeses. Can you talk a little bit about that process, how you make those? Because you make, you make it yourself from scratch, don't you? Yeah, so the cheeses that I specialize in, again, like, I was, you know, especially with Avo, like we were doing raw foods and I, my first introduction to vegan cheeses, like a lot of people was like Daya cheeses. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, this is a flavor I don't like. I don't like the texture. It's just like the film it leaves on your mouth. I couldn't do it. But um, I actually studied with Matthew Kenny, who's an amazing uh, raw vegan chef in I don't know where he is based out of now, but I, I went to culinary school, his culinary school in Santa Monica, California and stayed in Venice beach. So I was like in the hub of like awesome kind of uh, farmer's markets and raw food uh, options. But he, I learned how to make uh, vegan cheeses from Matthew Kenny and he has a great book, like great books, cookbooks on all that stuff. But um, the cheeses that I was doing at Avo, I still make all the time. Um, you're basically treating it just like you do 
dairy cheese, but you're replacing that dairy fat with a fatty, creamy nut, which is, I use cashews, but you can use anything. Um, you can use, I've had friends who have made uh, like pine nut, which is so expensive, but like pine nut macadamia, uh, goat cheeses and done crumbles out of that. And that's all just coming from like a raw foods perspective. But I add a little bit of vegan probiotics um, to my kind of cashew and, uh, you know, spring or distilled water mixture. And then I dehydrate it. So I'm actually able to, in a sterile environment, control the good bacteria. Um, and then from there, once it's, you know, maybe 24 or 48 hours fermented, like you can smell when the cashews turn from being like that kind of creamy, nutty cashew smell to being like, oh, like that's a little funky. And that's how you know it's done. And then you go in and you flavor it and you can flavor it with so many different things. Like one of the weirdest, wackiest ingredients I've ever had. I was um, actually studying raw foods. I went over to Bali and in Indonesia and I was studying with a naturopath doctor over there. And we were using this fruit called noni fruit, which I think is still pretty hard to find. Like you could maybe go to an international market and find it, but it's uh, smells and tastes like blue cheese. Like it's the weirdest fruit ever. And so I was wow. finding noni fruit uh, extract and I was looking for it on Amazon or nuts.com and all these other like websites I was using all the time. And it was always like kind of like a black kind of liquid. And I was like, no, the stuff that I hadn't, in Bali was white, like this pure white uh, liquid. So it, it takes some hunting when you want to find like the quality of a certain ingredient. Um, but yeah, whenever people ask me like, how could I do blue cheese? I'm like spirulina and noni fruit extract, you know, like you just kind of become a dork for the, um, the ingredients, like chasing that flavor. And to be fair, like I wouldn't know how to replicate any of that if I didn't grow up eating, you know, the standard American diet, like you know, like not really with any dietary restrictions, like, you know, um, I was eating like whole packages of Oreos in high school before volleyball game, you know, like <laughs> I, or, you know, like eating pizza and thinking it was a health food, you know, like I, uh, I learned so much just by living life and kind of like having these nostalgic memories for food. So that's, I think where my like nerdiness and love for the ingredients comes from do you have some favorite brands of uh store-bought uh plant-based cheeses that may be available at uh, probably whole foods or other uh kind of organic grocers um yeah let me think so there's one company um that's actually based in toronto canada but they're called nuts for cheese um her cheeses are so good they have a black garlic one that is like ridiculously awesome and they also have a blue cheese one that has i think spirulina in it to give it that like green blue ribbon um i love them as far as like a trashy kind of like i just want something that melts and stretches like i personally really like chow like the slices you know um i can't speak to the ingredients because i was just like this is so good i don't want to know um so that's like my go-to american cheese knockoff but uh I, I do love like, I, you know, I love with my girlfriends, a good glass of wine, cheese board, like kind of charcuterie. And when I went vegan, that was the hardest thing for me to give up was that experience, not those cheeses or that like 
food, but it was like that experience of being able to, to eat that way with my girlfriends. We like would look forward to that sort of a thing once in a while. Um, and now we can replace it all with vegan cheeses. Um, I'll use things like Daya in a pinch, but it's not my go-to brand, but Follow Your Heart has some really great like store-bought quick vegan cheeses. Like I love their Parmesan shreds. They also have a blue cheese that's pretty good, but I recommend if people are really into it and like enjoying the cooking side of vegan lifestyle to like try to make it yourself. Like if there's something that you really love and you're like, yeah, it has some ingredients that are a little bit questionable I don't love like do the research, dig in and try to make it yourself. Like that's kind of the fun part. And then, Hey, I mean, if you put a trademark on it or you decide to start a company, like I would love to know about it. Cause I'm trying new stuff all the time. There's like so many great, like vegan butcher shops now and vegan cheese shops. And I always, if I get like an ad that's suggested to me online, which I'm sure I'll get like a hundred now that I've said it out loud. Um, I'm like, all right, let's try this new vegan cheese shop or this, like, I do that on the road too. Like whenever we tour, I always look up like, I don't even remember off the top of my head, but we were in like Phoenix recently and they had a really cool local vegan cheese company. Um, but yeah, like I, I love to support other people that are trying to do what I am always trying to do, which is just, you know, scratch that itch, I guess. Absolutely. So, you know, I work from home and I, I cook uh, most nights, but a lot of people are a lot busier than me. And and you've mentioned, you know, meal prep and planning ahead uh, a couple of times. So so could you talk a little bit about strategies for, for meal prep? Maybe I only have one day a week and I need to to make some stuff that'll that'll really take the uh, take the load off the rest of the week. People who have a long commute have a bunch of kids, you know, what what uh, what ingredients? What, what, what do you do? when you have to do that? I typically try to choose things that keep well, whether it's hot or cold. So something that can be eaten cold, something that can also be warmed up and eaten, eaten hot. Sometimes that's personal preference. Like I will chow down on like lasagna leftovers if they're cold or hot, like it doesn't matter to me, but like lentil salads, bean salads, um, things like that, that you can, you know, like, or leftover, like Mexican ground that you make, you can make like a taco salad, things like that. So I always kind of have like staples or like you were saying, like you made tons of tomato sauce and froze it. Like that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, and then you can just kind of take out a portion of that and make a quick dinner anytime. Like I was driving home from my recipe development job today. And I'm like, Oh, I don't really have anything prepped. Cause I basically just prepped everything for work and then like left. And I was like, what do we have at the house? And we always have like a vegan bolognese sauce. Um, that doesn't mean that we always eat spaghetti, you know, like I can put that onto a lasagna. And then that means like that is already done. I can just make like a tofu ricotta, which like sounds to other people who don't do this that often, like, Oh my God, that would take all afternoon like you get used to working with the ingredients and you can just kind of whip it up. But um, from like a work from home meal prep standpoint, like learning how to keep different ingredients too. Like if you want to make salads and at least make sure you have one salad every single day, which I highly recommend. It's so good for you. Um, you know, don't dress the salads and put them in the fridge, like have your little dressing off to the side. And then, you know, you just dump it on there, shake up the to go container and go back to your desk. You know, um, it's a lot of learning how to deal with quality ingredients 
as well. Um, but yeah, I always try to just like keep things super simple. Like sometimes veggies and dip is lunch, you know? And, and what about the, what about the opposite occasion? What about, uh, you're hosting a dinner party or, or it's a holiday and you really want to go all out. What's your indulgent, uh, meal? Indulgent meal. So one of my favorite chefs is Ottolenghi. And if, no, like if people out there aren't unfamiliar with Ottolenghi, like not a vegan cookbook, but like you can pick up any of his, it's so veg heavy. Um, if he's using like a Greek yogurt or a, like a cheese of some kind, like I know enough about vegan cooking now, or there's so many convenience products available. I'm like, oh, I don't have blue cheese. I can go get follow your heart blue cheese and like make this in my family members who are here who don't eat that way won't even know the difference um so there's things like that like that's like one of the cookbooks that if it's a special occasion i'll take that out i also i'm like major fangirl for sean brock who's you know nashville based too of course and then there's other restaurants here like lachlan table definitely not a vegan vegetarian restaurant but their food is like so good their flavors everything friendly. They are veg friendly um, and it's easy to, for me to take out that Lachlan Table cookbook. And if there's something that I really want to make, like I can make a swap. Um, but yeah, I think if I'm indulgent is when I go to cookbooks, like I treasure my cookbook collection. And like, that's when I'm really willing to like go out and seek out some special ingredients. And a lot of times it does end up taking me to an international market or ordering something special online. Um, but that's when I'm indulgent. But like, if I'm going to be just like, if I'm taking my own, because I do have family, that's like, if you're coming over, make sure you bring something you can eat. But they always end up eating it. So I'm like, yeah, aren't you glad I brought this for myself? There's none left. Um, but like, I have friends that'll just be like, yeah, bring over whatever. And I'll always grab like the tofurkey ham roast. Have you guys ever had that? It's good. That's <laughs> it's what we so have at Easter. <laughs> that's my Easter thing. And I actually like was on Instacart or whatever the other day. Cause I was like, I know that I'm not going to be able to walk into a store and just get that. Cause people will like fight over those. Like there's like, if you go into like oh, yeah. vegetarian vegan groups, like Nashville vegans, it's like spotted at the Aldi on blah, blah, blah. Like, like tofurkey ham roast. And then like you go and they're gone. Cause someone went and was like, Nope, got to stock my freezer, like, or whatever, everyone descends upon it. But that's like one of the trashy things, not trashy, but you know, it's not homemade. It's like a convenience food that I'll go out and get. Um, but that's one of the things too, like as far as convenience foods go, and it doesn't matter if you're vegan, vegetarian, or an omnivore, like listening to this, like convenience foods are meant to be used if you can't make it better from scratch. So if you're like, man, like, ah, like it's so much work, like go get the convenience food version. Like if it's going to take the joy out of eating it for you, like go get the tofurkey ham roast. Like I'm not really interested in making my own tofurkey ham. Like it's been perfected. There it is. That is probably to answer your question, like my indulgence at the holidays. Um, but yeah, and also just like cookbooks. Like I don't just buy cookbooks from vegans or vegetarians. In fact, I usually don't. Um, like I just go for chefs who I admire um, or like following on Instagram. Like if you looked at my Instagram followers, I follow tons of vegan vegetarian accounts, but I also just follow chefs I'm obsessed with like Dan Barber. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, like 
Chef Dan, I think he was on Chef's Plate too, that like Netflix show or whatever, but he's just incredible. And like basically Frankenstein's these like in super vegetables. Like he's like really into like the cross pollination of like breeding certain kinds of plants and carrots. And like, you'll go to his restaurant in New York and like you get a carrot, like a steamed carrot, but it's like a steamed carrot that is like this invention of his, you know, like I'm just so into that. Like, um, so there's, there's things that I'll do that are indulgences, but it's, it's, if it's other chefs, it's typically chefs who I really admire and like, like I cannot cook like Sean Brock, like I'll just say, but like, I will happily stumble through one of his recipes to like treat myself and learn something in the process. Few people can. That's why he has a James Beard award. <laughs> I know. Um, I love him so much. Oh, Someone tell him. <laughs> um, lastly, dessert. What's, uh, what, what's, what's your go-to for special occasion desserts? Um, special occasion desserts. So I told you guys that my mom and dad, my family are like very not vegan vegetarians, but when they came down for Avo's opening and like, they're the best parents ever. Like they come and visit me all the time, but they were like my dad and imagine this in the thickest Boston accent possible was like, I thought I was going to have to fall on the sword and pretend to like your food but I loved it and I was blown away and there was nothing left on my plate. And this is a guy who doesn't even like, won't even eat a vegan slice of pizza, like from like a normal pizza place. Like he was eating like gourmet raw food. So I was then I was like, okay, that's it. I don't even care what the critics say. My dad ate it. His plates came back clean and he still likes it like a week later. Um, but one of the things that won my dad over was my cheesecakes. So I do, I make cheesecakes, like my raw vegan cheesecakes, the same way that I make the cheeses. So like I was explaining like the probiotics and the cashews and I ferment it in like a controlled, like dehydrator environment. Um, I use the fermented cashews instead of just doing a basic cashew cheesecake. Um, and that really kind of gives it that tang and also that kind of more light airy texture that you associate with a cheesecake. Um, so that is one of the ones that like you can flavor it however you want, but that's, you know, one of the go-to hits. And I've actually made um, Miley Cyrus's birthday cakes a couple years in a row. Um, and uh, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips and Neil Young and like everyone seems to like die for the desserts like they just love them so i think that vegan desserts are the gateway drug into vegan food if i'm completely honest <laughs> and i mean those people are like totally vegan like legit but um or vegetarian legit but uh that is one of the things that has like i guess created that sort of bridge for me cooking for them was it started with desserts um, cheesecakes but it's got to have fermented cashews it can't just be like a dense cheesecake pie it has to have that fermented kind of quality to it um and actually um one of my favorite quotes ever this is like the name droppy portion of my um interview but arnold mint who's up for a james beard award as well yes, this is. year and he's a nashville legend and i just adore him um he ate at avo and was like raved about the cheesecakes too so that's one of the ones that i think is like you know when you're tiptoeing into raw vegan food everyone learns how to make a cheesecake but if you want to put it over the top you've got to ferment the cashews um but also uh ice cream i love making vegan ice cream 
Um, I can share recipes for all of these things with you guys as well. Yes, please. Um, yeah, but those are some of my favorites. I actually just uh, kind of revamped my sorbet recipe too to um, be more whole foods based actually and not using, like I was using guar gum to kind of achieve a certain texture in my sorbets before and I took it out and I'm using just pureed bananas in there now and uh, a couple other little tricks and it's like I don't even miss that guar gum texture so anyway those are some of my favorite desserts but for kids too like raw food and trying some raw desserts are really fun for them because number one you don't really want them playing with anything hot you know you don't want your little kiddo going to get excited to grab a cookie and like burn their fingers or anything like that so and it's fun, you know, like so many kids love like slime and kinetic sand and like whatever other Play-Doh. It's like more of my generation was just Play-Doh. But like, uh, you know, now if you have these like awesome like, like brownies, you know, you can make like a raw vegan brownie with dates and walnuts and cocoa powder and all of this. And it's just something that they can kind of mold themselves and turn into some like crazy shape or whatever they want to do. Um, and that's a fun way to make like a healthy dessert that also involves the whole family and gets people excited to like work with their hands and do something uh, fun that is also tasty. So I always try to kind of make it like more interactive. All right. I, I had one uh, listener requested question and the listener was my wife. Um, <laughs> and it was, I, I was eating at Avo. Oh, two or three weeks ago. And, and I was having a delicious salad there, but I, I didn't eat all of it. So I brought it back and she ate the rest of it. And the chickpeas on top were just perfection. They, they were, they were kind of dry, but crunchy and soft still. And she was like, I could never make this happen. What makes that perfect texture of those chickpeas on top? Or maybe you don't know because it's not you anymore, but. Yeah. So I can tell you like, just from like some chefy tricks to do that but that would have like you know like when I had avo like we didn't do anything canned or anything cooked at all so we didn't even like use beans because we weren't doing that I think I'd like sprouted mung beans for something once but um it had to be like sprouted and raw for us to use it but um my secret I, it's probably fried um which is like whatever fried food is delicious um it's probably fried or they could be baked. Um, but yeah. the real secret to getting anything fry or air fryer. Oh my God, guys, I'm like totally turning into like, I don't know, Betty Crocker or something like I like, that's like the convenience, the new stupid trend that I'm like, Oh my God, this air fryer is amazing. But, um, yeah, like we like frying anything, it needs to be dry. So if you are using canned chickpeas or if you boiled them yourself, or whatever, like you need to make sure that it's patted dry um, before you fry it. Um, also, if you're gonna season something after you fry it or bake it, like I find that sometimes it's better to just keep it super simple, like a little bit of salt, a little bit of oil, put it in the oven or completely plain, throw it in the fryer and then toss it in whatever your seasonings are after. Um, cause a lot of times we end up kind of burning or scorching the seasonings and whatnot. Cause we think we should be doing it beforehand, like marinating it almost. And then you fry it or bake it and it kind of changes the flavor. Um, but it's probably that it's probably fried or baked. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
it sounds delicious and i would love to go try that Ch chickpeas are the best like they're one of those ingredients that when people say they don't like them i'm like it just means like tofu like you haven't had it prepared yeah but right. done right that's it yeah chickpeas are so versatile they're they're so delicious i mm -hmm. always have chickpeas in the house yeah they're one of the pantry <laughs> staples too that and black beans like we're a big black bean family for sure yeah so satisfying yeah. and filling and it's just fantastic I really appreciate you taking the time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And okay, you're going to have to remind me, but I feel like we met, I know we met in the hospitality world and I feel like you used to manage Rumba. Rumba, that's where we met. Oh, that's right. And I was not it vegan was... then, by the way. <laughs> I was like... We talked about it when you were going. I remember when you started to trend that direction. And, yes. and we, because we talked about it, because I, I remember you were, you started to order differently and, and we talked about yes. it. Yeah, so. Because <laughs> that was like a regular place and we would always go for the burger. And I used to, before being completely vegan, like pride myself on my burger hunting abilities. Like I knew where the best burger was in like New Orleans and Texas and all these places we used to tour. Um, and then when I went vegan, I was like, oh, my God, this is so sad. Like, I can't have all the things I used to love. But that was one of the first restaurants. First of all, so sad that's not around. It's been years and years and years and years, but still upset about it. Um, but one of the best restaurants, I think, and like the first experiences I had that I was like, I can't give up this experience of going to this place every week because I love it so much. And I had to navigate what else can I order on the menu to achieve my new goal, which was going vegan or raw vegan. I don't remember which it was at the time, but that was forever ago. And I still remember that, but that's one of the first restaurants that I really worked hard at to keep attending. There were plenty of good vegetarian options. Uh, I don't, yeah. there were some vegan options. There were tons of veg options on the menu. So we, we tried to at least be vegetarian friendly, if not totally vegan friendly. So. Yeah, it was a good place to uh, to break into doing that it's socially, you know, because it is alienating for some people. So if anyone out there is having trouble and feels like they're a little alienated by going to their favorite restaurants, um, I would also like I I am really active on Instagram and Facebook and I do answer all my messages and all that. Like, I'm happy to help people go through menus and things like that whenever they reach out. But yeah. Well, maybe if you'd like to share your Instagram handle or, or Twitter mm -hmm. handle, uh, then and people do have questions they can reach out to you. Yes. So uh, it is my poor tired liver paying tribute to <laughs> my liver back when I used to work in the music business. Um, and that was kind of like I just started that handle because I thought it was funny and, uh, you know, was like doing the nightlife early 20s out drinking every night thing but also was like I can't go on like this so that's where that came from it's my poor tired liver it gets a lot harder in your 30s and even harder in your 40s <laughs> to maintain yeah. that lifestyle for sure oh. well once again I appreciate you joining us and uh we'll uh, we'll get those recipes from you and throw them up on the blog and uh you know next time I'm down in Nashville maybe we can uh, get lunch or something Okay. That would be great. Thank right. you so much for having me. I'm going to send you those recipes now, but I am so grateful for you guys, right. uh, you know, having this podcast and, and making this information available to people because it is important and uh, it's a good time to try it out. Well, we couldn't Thank do it you so much. You. Thank you.